the silver ball From soul down to riding I must have played them all But I ain't seen nothing like it In any amusement hall That deaf, dumb, blind kid Sure plays a mean dead ball Talking to the people involved with collecting, playing, repairing, restoring and operating pinball and arcade culture around New Zealand and beyond. You are listening to Simon's Pinball Podcast. So, here I am again. I'm up in Auckland um, doing two interviews this weekend, and I've come up for the, uh, well, largely for the competition last night. Um, talk about that just briefly in a minute. But I'm here with Mike Davidson in, in Greylin, which is fairly central Auckland, eh? Yep, it is, yeah. Central yep. Auckland, kind of yep. more of a more of a sort of a fashionable suburb, I guess. Yep. Yeah, this is our second time of trying to do this. Yeah, we tried to do it once before. Um, two reasons that we didn't do it. I was exhausted. And it was pelting down with rain. <laughs> and we're, we're in Mike's um, game room, which is... Tell me about the history of this particular space. Uh, I've lived here for probably... Oh, for for 16, 16 years, I think. Um, when we were looking for a house, it was the... Having a large attached shed to it was the one thing that was kind of good about this about this house. Um, yeah, and it just was... Yeah, just but it was a commercial space, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, the... Pra- the it was. It's a houseboat with a large garage attached. It had been a plumber's merchants for many years, um, and they actually had operated the plumbing supply business out of this whole section too. So, so it's got yeah lots of storage. Um, and the house itself for a long time was actually their offices and everything too. So wow, yeah. Wow, how long have you lived here for? Uh, sixteen years. Sixteen years. Sixteen cool. years. Oh, it's a lovely spot. Mm. And um, you've. Oh, that's, we'll just briefly talk about the competition last night. Yeah. How did you enjoy it? Was that Rada Dave's place in Pukekohe? Oh, yeah, it was really good. I, I completely failed. I was out in three rounds. Uh, yeah, just had, had some of the most shocking games of pinball oh, I think, no. in a row I've ever had. I'm sure it wasn't for lack of practice, because you would have had a bit of a warm-up to it. No, no, I had a warm-up with Lewis on the Wednesday night, and then I had another warm-up on the on the Friday night. Went there, walked up to the first game of Theatre of Magic, and just two of the balls, I didn't even... They just went bing, 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 bing between the... Yeah. Between the slings I, and straight down the sides. I, I was doing well for the first half of the the event, um, and then I got Paracon, Bar- Paragon, which is my nemesis, yep. and that took a life, and then I got it again, and it took another life. That that, that game curses me with pinball. Mm. I think Paragon is my most hated machine. <laughs> but um, that's, that's, it was good fun, good fun night. Rota Dave has a lovely collection, about 80 to 100 games, mm. in his one room. Um, which is really, and they're all really amazing, lots of older titles as well. Yeah, and every time I go there, he's done more work restoring them and they're looking looking better yeah. and better. No, I, 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 I kind of curse myself by going there. I always go for the back row where you play all the real classics and then you draw a... Draw a a nineties, a nineties machine which plays completely different than the ten you played beforehand too. So I was playing, you know, playing classic Stearns when I first got there, which yeah. is not a good start to. Yeah, but you don't know what game you're going to draw. That's the thing. No, I could have got Ali or Meteor in the first round because they were in there, but didn't got 
Yeah. Got three Belly Williams in a row. What I like about it is that you get a good balance. Generally, you get a good balance. Like I only had one game come up twice, yeah. and that was Paragon. But you, you know, you, the the way that the the arenas are drawn, it's all very kind of yeah. random. Um, and great, well, there's about 45, 46 people. Um, so really good turnout for a wet night. And um, this afternoon, of course, you're going around to Yee's place. To yeah, yeah, with John Morn just to help to help the family there sort out the. The, some more of, of Yee's estate there too. So, so we'll just make mention of uh, Yee Fong, a good friend of ours, um, passed away recently. Mm. And he's, his podcast actually is, is lower down on my list of podcasts, about number four. Um, if you'd like to have a listen, it is a really lovely chat with him, a very intimate chat with him and his, his um, history with pinball and arcade. Um, but you're going through some of his um, inventory yeah, he's he he um, he, he arranged, arranged before he passed to sell most you know price up all the big all the pinballs and the arcade games and stuff like that. But he left behind a huge inventory, mainly of um, arcade PCBs and monitor chassis and just just you know cave you know harnesses and that's, power supplies. That's and, quite a task. Are you, yeah. Are you um, and what do you do once you've kind of identified what things are? Uh, it's at the initially it's really just to say which of it's got got value and which of it is actually junk or is or has the minimum value. You know there are literally boxes and boxes of just um of of harnesses. I don't know that you know. Fifty jammer harnesses in a in a banana box and stuff like that, but mm. but you you was pretty good at keeping everything. He did a lot of conversions for people over the year. You know, take they'd bring him a cabinet and he'd and he'd put a put a uh, they wanted it modernized and reliable, so they you know put an LCD screen in some of them or put a or put a new tube and chassis in it, and then the old chassis and old power supply and stuff he'd keep just right. just in case. So right, was, right, he was very know, resourceful. Yes, he was. Yeah, and I know that he was selling a lot of these parts on Trade Me leading up to his passing. Yeah, he was mainly selling new the, the new parts. Um, it's and, and a lot of that stuff he had catalogued and has prices for the family to continue right. selling that. But right. it's just the up there. You know, you open a banana yeah. box that's got that's got you know you know ten bootleg Street Fighter two Chinese knockoff boards yeah. all with. He was very meticulous on writing little white tags on every board that right. say what he what what he last tested, whether he'd worked on it, whether he'd replaced anything, what it was, and right. half of them just you know garbage on screen or you yeah. know blank picture or you know lines through sprites or stuff like that too so wow that's yeah, well, quite a task and you've already done it a few times this is about the fifth time did uh, you say? yeah yeah for, probably the third, the fourth, fourth this will be the fifth time yeah wow amazing and um it it does beg the question as to what is going to happen with pincade in the future um pincade was a 13 year running festival mm. um covid interrupted it last year yes um so oh no this year I'm this talking, year yeah, yeah. We're, what are we in july we had it the so COVID interrupted it this year, um, and and also Yee's declining health, I mm. think, had a factor. But what do you think? What do you think might happen in the future with the brand Pincade or the name Pincade? Um, well, Yee, Yee, you know, various people had conversations with Yee about what he wanted to do, and he basically said that he didn't mind if we continued, if it was continued to. to to use the name and hold and hold that event once a year, um, he kind of still wanted it to be um, open invitation to the Australians to come over and yeah. and enjoy it. And and you know um, and and Dave will probably be the sort of the person who does a lot of the organisation because he's got the biggest venue and holds yeah. the you know the System Eleven World Champs as part of that and stuff like that too. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, I've, I've I've been to every one of them. I went even went to the. Went to the very first one, and for the first few years, it wasn't wasn't Pincade. It was the it was just the New Zealand meet. Um, 
which um, Yee and, and Hamish, Hamish Douglas organised with the mm. guys from on Aussie Arcade, really, mm. to invite them over mm. after they'd been over to Australia for a, yeah. for a few meets. And it's, it started off small, just a few, few people's houses, and then, and then snowballed to something pretty, pretty big a, a few years ago. I don't know how big the, the year was that Gary Stern came over and we had, you know, you know, but, you know I don't know how many, 30 or 40 Australians and people from all over the country come and a few Americans and Frenchmen and, yeah. Yeah, that was big. And yeah. you've been a host. You've been a regular host. Yes. Yeah, um, I hosted, I think, from about the third year onwards and then, then on and off over, over those time. But, I yeah. think people really love coming here because of your rather unique collection, mm. uh, which I'll do my best to describe, and then I'll ask you to talk on it. Um, pin, a mix of pinball and um, arcade machines, but also rounded out with an incredible collection of home gaming, console gaming, I don't maybe have the right terminology, um, but a lot of the domestic market, yes, yeah. arcade gaming, yes, um, home, you... home, home, yeah, I've got home computers, home consoles, handhelds, uh, just lots of other random electronics, and and yeah, I'm a collector of all sorts of and of junk. How did you come by all all of these things? I mean, particularly, I mean, I know the arcade machines get trolled among, uh, uh, traded amongst collectors, but what about the the smaller items? Uh, 90, 95% of those are from getting up at 5 or 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning and going to, going to flea markets and car boot sales and, and stuff like that too, found in the wild. The thrill of the hunt is, is what gets me out of bed early in the morning. <laughs> and any particular uh, treasures that, I mean they're all treasures in a way, but any particular finds that you can recall? Um, that was that were quite notable. I, yeah, I, I've got I've found so much stuff over the years that it's that it's yeah that it's hard to pick one thing. I I actually picked up a lot of it in I, I, I went to the UK in the in the mid to late nineties and and started going to UK car boot sales, which were just incredible at that stage. That was before there was a rise of anyone into retro type stuff. There was it had just started, and you know you could go along to their car boot sales which were giant things full of fields you drive you know you drive around and go to two or three in the morning and fill a car boots boot full of, of just interesting stuff and it was all stuff that I'd you know I'd seen as a child that I always wanted um, Nintendo game and watches and they were you know 50p or a pound each for come back with 10 of those after wow. the morning and that's yeah. incredible and you were a gamer as a kid like you used to play these machine uh, games um I've I've always been more on the computer side, so so I'm of I'm of I'm of a certain age that that I you know I was ten or eleven when when the both the home computer market and arcades really hit in hit in New Zealand that you know that eighty one eighty two so you know I got a, a ZX eighty one home computer with one k of RAM as my first first home computer then started using things like the school's Apple IIs and Sinclair Spectrums and Commodore 64s and all that sort of stuff but at the same time I was seeing you know people would come to school with their Astro Wars machine or their or their you know um, you know their, all those sort of the home versions of the arcade machines and and that and at that stage they many of those were not actually sold here in New Zealand people had got you know their their relatives would go overseas to Singapore or Australia and buy it duty free and come back. You know, we had people that would come to school with their Astro Wars and charge five cents or two cents a game at lunchtime, and there would be a queue out the door to the point that my school banned people bringing those machines to school. And you know, the other thing that was big then was the Casio um, game calculators. Again, you know, there was a yep, boxing I calculator and an eight attack calculator, and and in just 
in that time that that was everything there was and the first arcade opened in my town um i think in when i was in form two so that was that was the first and and it was one of those places that there was you know it was there was lots and lots of news about the hype of arcades and everything, and then there was all of this moral panic about they were bad places and you know bad kids went to the arcade in my town. It was a just on the calculators. You obviously must have a few of those. Yes, yes. Do you take the batteries out to preserve them from getting? Yeah, the the thing right? that the thing that kills vintage electronics is leaving batteries in them. So yeah, 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 absolutely. And a little well, bit of ISO on the terminals. Maybe? Yeah, the, the the little um the little watch cells are actually less bad than the than the biggers the the bigger batteries the 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 big old C and D cells. Yeah, they they just kill things if they're left inside them. So yeah, yeah, yeah I've got a Simon game. Obviously, yeah. because my, I got bought it when I was a kid, and because of the name, <laughs> essentially, yep. and I keep the batteries out of that. Yeah. It's still, still boxed up nicely, and it works. So, have you reached critical mass? Like, you're not looking for any more? Um, I still go out and look for stuff, but I really have got a lot of what I what I want, and I really, you know, just kind of be filling gaps. And I've got so much duplicates of stuff now that I actually, you know, have to start getting rid of stuff and you know the 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 yees thing and also um last year um one of the other auckland pinball related guys mike falco he also passed away too and he had an enormous collection of very similar stuff too which um so i I don't really want to leave this stuff for family or friends to try and get rid of or sort out so yeah It, it, it does bear thinking about doesn't it yeah um and you go to flea markets still um i, I don't you have a stall um selling some vinyl don't you? uh so, yeah every so often i sell sell my well actually my son is my main sales guy he's the he's the he's been into it for a while and we sell at the local you know, car boot sale or at the central flea market yeah right i was, I was up at six this morning at the flea uh, market really this, yeah. really oh that's amazing i was just getting out of my slumber in the hotel room at that time um so um yeah i know that your record collecting is really exciting as well and i love records and and quite often you let me dig through your crates of of records that you found Mm. um you know sort of certain kind of 80s sort of disco and and so forth which i love as well 12 inch singles um and and yeah um really good fun coming here yeah, I actually find more records these day than I, days than I do actual gaming stuff in the wild because the gaming stuff now is pretty is you know it's got most people know what the value of it is and most of it doesn't doesn't reach the 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 car boot sales these days. Yeah, so. yeah, well, that's yeah, exciting. Harder to find. Um, so let's move on to the pinballs and arcades. Yep. Um, you've got a really good rounded out collection. I see you just actually um got one that you you're looking after for a, a friend. Um, and Ali yep. just just turned up um, that I haven't seen before, um, but you've got um, a, a range of ages from the nineties, um, both Stern and um, Williams Valley. Do you want yep. to talk a bit about your pinballs? Uh, yeah, I've 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 been collecting pinballs for quite a, quite a long time. I think I got my first one when I was a when I was a student and I went to University of Otago and and. Bought my first pinball down there, which I think was a Space Odyssey, which is a you know. A is that the two-player space mission? Uh yeah, no, uh, yes. It's either the two-player or the four-player. Yeah. I think yeah, of the space mission, mission and Space Odyssey with the docking space station and in the in the ship ship on it. Oh, the the eighties one. Yes, I'm thinking of the seventies. Yes. Space, okay. Yeah. Eighties yep. one. Oh, yep. cool. Um, and then very soon after that, I answered an ad in the local trade and exchange, which was for our Bally Lost World. And I went along to this pub in South South Dunedin, and they said, "Here's the here's the lost world that doesn't go." And uh, while you're here, do you want to take away this other machine we helped there, which was actually a Hank and 
Empire Strikes Back, which is a very unusual usual game. Yeah, um, unusual for New Zealand. Very unusual for New Zealand. There were, there were only a few of those bought in here too. So, And I had those in my flat in Dunedin. And then I got a um, Dr. Dude, which is one of those, you know, yeah. System 11, I think it is, is it? Yeah, System 11, um, Bally. About the time that Williams had bought Bally, yeah. I think. And, and that's one of the machines I'd still like to have again, because it, 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 it was a great, it's great good fun. fun. I always think Dr. Dude and Party Zone go well together in yeah, terms I've, of yeah. theme. I've had Party Zone here just just looked after it for people, and then but I yeah you know, I actually prefer Doctor Dude Dude I think just for it's a good comp good two player comp you know or two or three or four player competition stand around going for the high score it's relatively and you've got a game here which I don't see in many other places Rocky and Bullwinkle yeah Data Data East Rocky and Bullwinkle I don't know I don't know really why I've, I've kept it because I just really like the artwork on, on it's a beautiful looking game I don't know yeah. that the game plays that thing when, yeah. when I started off the 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 data rests were everywhere, and most people had, you know, a few data rests. At one stage, Dave had, you know, a collection of ten or twelve of them, but they've they've all disappeared out of people's out of the collectors I know's collection. I think they're the games that have ended up in people who have one one pinball machine in their garage or in their ga- in their downstairs room of where all the data rests ended up. I think they're often a, like an entry level. Yes. Like like yeah. people if people start getting into pinball, yeah, they often get a data east. Mm. They're more affordable. And they're quite reliable. Yep. I mean, Phil had a bit to say about... I interviewed Phil Hammond yesterday. Had a bit to say about the, the, the technical aspects of Data East yep. versus Gottlieb versus yep. Williams Valley because he works on them a lot. And um, he says they're built cheap, but they're reliable and, yes. yeah. and a lot of fun factor. Yeah. And, and I just, yeah, and I, I'm just amazed that there were so many around back in the day that I, that I you know... The Data East Batman game, there used to be so many of those and I haven't seen an actual one for... For a good ten or fifteen years, and I wonder whether they were just all flogged out because I don't don't know the playfields on them lasted very long. I've seen more back glasses on people's walls than I have the actual machines. Yeah, they probably will. Possibly they break down <clears throat> and people part them out at that yeah. point when yeah. they weren't considered to be worth anything. Yes, a bit like the Star Trek anniversary um, is yeah. the same kind of vintage. Yeah, and um, yeah, they do pop up from time to time. It's amazing what comes out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just going back to Yi for a second, you you got a fun house from his estate. Yes, yep, got got Yi. He offered he he wanted me to you know, buy his fun house as one of the things because it's yeah. So yeah, it's a beautiful beautiful. Oh, I played game. it at Yi's and it's been completely refurbished mm-hmm. uh, with a new play field and yeah. it looks it's like playing a brand new game. Yeah, yeah. I've I've always been into the to the Bally Williams and those were the machines that I think when I was. When you know, I I lived through that era when they were new and 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 were coming out, and there was you know I was I was reading um you know the the pinball news groups online back back in those days, Rick, Rick Games Pinball, yeah, and, yeah. and that was when you know they would actually have a here's the new game and here's what people think of it and what's the rule sets and things like that, and for a while there they were you know there were three three good releases a year well, in the height of it. You were showing me yesterday a photo when you were going through Yee's um, belongings of the Leisure Line magazines from Australia, which was a trade magazine. And pinballs were on the cover for operators, that's right. And they were selling the, the product. Uh, pinballs were on the covers of most of them in the late yes. 80s, early 90s. Yeah, you can yeah, look in the covers, and of the 12 months of a year, there would be, there would be, there would be three or four pinball machines on the covers. Um, you know, alongside the latest Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat or NBA Jam that year, the pinball would be, would be prominent there. And then there's a certain point in... 98, 99, and the only thing on the covers are redemption games and basketball games and ticket machines. So there was it just suddenly fell off a just crash. fell off a cliff there. Yeah. I think it's well, it's fairly well documented. I suppose the 
I mean, Phil yesterday, I don't mean to hark on about Phil again, but he, he mentioned the gold, the, the, the boom period, and I said to him, are you talking about the 70s boom period? Are you yeah. talking about the 90s boom period? Because pinball's very cyclic yes. like that, isn't it? Yeah. And one thing that's always um, impressed me, um, Mike, about you is your knowledge of history, mm. and and you, you, you take a great interest in the... I actually have. Oh yeah, I went to university and studied history, but that's got a you know BA with history. So so the the history the historical side of, of that is always has been has been an interest interest to me. And you know, and I think you know, I did while I lived through that 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 rise of the of the arcade stuff in, in eighty in eighty when in the eighties. In fact, someone just told me that Donkey Kong was forty years old last week. Wow. So, you know, through that, but I actually, you know, I, I got into pinball at that stage because I was going to arcades um, and, you know, I, I, as a young person, I, I would travel across the big smoke from where I, where I grew up to Palmerston North, which was the, which was the, which was the big city close by and they had, they had a few good arcades there. Yeah. Um, but I found that for my 20 cents, I could last sort of 30 or 40, you know, really quick on, a, on, an, arca- on an arcade game. You know, I, I love the game, but I was never that good. You know, things like Defender. If you're not, if you, it takes, there's quite a, a barrier to getting good at them. Whereas I would find that if for my twenty cents, I could go to the old pinballs in the back row, many of them which were five balls, and my my time to my time to money ratio was much better on pinballs. And I just started playing the pinballs, and they had a, I think it was called, there was Gibbs Burger Bar, there was a Wizards, and I think there was a place called George's, and George's upstairs, up a set of stairs, they had a mezzanine floor, and there was a whole row of old machines, which was the Palmerston North Pinball Club, I think it was what they had, and they had, you know, some the, the, all of the machines just prior to that era, the late the late 70s, early 80s machines, lots of Stearns and, and Bally's and Williams, and, I, and those were the machines, that's what I played. It's great that there's a, a community in a place like Palmerston North, there's an active community of hobbyists, and, 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 and doing essentially kind of what we're doing a little bit as well, keep trying to keep it alive and give people the opportunity to play um, machines that would not be found otherwise. Yeah, I, I don't know much about the history of that club, but someone told me that it had come out of Massey University <coughs> and that, there, that many of the universities had had, you know, games room with pinball machines and there were pinball clubs and leagues and that stuff that, that kind of went away when, when, the, when the arcade stuff came. But, you know, there's a, you know, it's a bit of a... Um, your Adams family, just incidentally, I think it's one of the nicest ones I've ever played. Yeah, and, it's, one of, um, it's one of my favourite games, is, is the Adams. So yeah, I remember when it was when they were new as well. So yeah, I think that's the third one of them I've owned over really? the years. Yeah, really. Um, the one that I recently bought, well, I bought it a couple of years ago, has a clear topper because, mm. um, and it was a reproduction, and I didn't. And it looked odd to me to have a clear to- a clear dome topper. Uh, the clouds are clear, the plastic is clear, and um, Kerry Hogan told me, oh, it's a reproduction one. You can't make the cloudy, um, the greyed-out cloudy toppers um, for repro. I think mine's just covered in dust, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it would look much clearer if it was wiped down out there. And um, jukeboxes. You've you've got this lovely AMI, row AMI jukebox. Yeah, I think it's from 84, that one there, too. So, yeah, um, and... Yeah, do like I, I've always I have always liked the jukeboxes. I you know, as a record collector, and I I collect um you know seven inch seven inch forty five singles too, and I got that got that really as a um you know and part of the aim was to try and get a hundred because it's a you know holds a hundred records which is 200, 200 sides trying to get you know your a hundred good records that you'd put on at, at a party in a in a jukebox and you know part of the challenge with that is a hundred 
that have actually got a good A and a reasonably listenable yeah. B side as well. Um, so it may mean going out there and buying what, you know some of the special jukebox ones where they put two hits on the same on two sides, you know, old gold or whatever that the, those those jukebox classics labels ones. But yeah, I've got and a, the sound quality of that one is amazing. The yeah. Rare AMI has always had really good sound. Yeah, I've ne- I haven't yet got round to uh, hooking up the speakers, uh, the extension speakers. So I've got to do that at some stage too. So now um, you put me onto a great. I mean, so the style of music that you've got on that jukebox, would you say? There's a lot of kind of dancey sort of... Um, it's a bit of a mixture, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah there's, there's some there's some dancey stuff and there's some sort of more rockier stuff, yeah. Because you put me onto a great compilation um, some years ago, about four or five years ago, New Zealand, and I love my disco music yeah. and um, 80s um, electronic, well, kind of, you know, R&B, I guess. And you put me onto a great New Zealand compilation called Heat the Call. Yep, which is a which was a, comp, a compilation that that was done here, which was just sort of the first time that someone had compiled New Zealand disco tracks from that era, and uh, and uh, one of the selections on that, which was um, Herb Herb McKay's um, song song was you know it was a forty five that I'd found and I'd get, given to the guy that compiled it to have a listen to it. It's a bit of a cheap one to be honest, because it was recorded here in New Zealand um, with New Zealand musicians, but it was actually an an American American who washed up here to. For a few years and performed actually largely a lot of the time in Wellington and around the place too. It's a great well, it's still a, it's a great uh, contribution to the collection. I, yeah. I bought the record and it's it's lovely and and a lot of Mark Williams and yes, yeah, um, some of our New Zealand great sort of disco performers uh, musicians are on there. Yeah. Um, and um, any favourite machines that you have? Any other favourite? Of your of your collection, well, should we talk about your arcade machines? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll cover the pinball. Sh- okay. So, do- so I really like Doctor Who. To be yeah. honest, um, I don't I don't know why. I that that's a game that that appeals to me. The fact that there's a couple of different ways of playing it. You know, you can go for the multiples, or you can go for the side and just do the loops and sonic booms. And I, you know, I think Sonic that whole sequence of sonic booms is one of my favourite sequence of shots and and pinball. Um, you know, I, I really like Twilight Zone. It was the sort of when I was back then that was the dream machine amongst you know pinball aficionados the best machine ever made and you know i know it didn't do very well on location and again i think that's the third one of those that i've owned but i every time i i i go through periods of not playing it very much and then go back up to it and go oh no that's why i like this just you know it's the machine i've probably got the most muscle memory and and you know walk up and go bang 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 and you know there's lots of two way and three way combos and things it may not have done as well as adams but i think it did quite well on location yeah. but it was maybe a little bit troublesome for operators yes yeah had um, a lot of features that would go a bit wonky oh yeah the clocks are terrible and that and everything yeah it's, 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 and that was of course part of the series of wide bodies um that uh that, that came out about eight of them i think yeah, yeah, I've have, I've owned 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 a few of them, a few of them. And um, arcade machines. Yeah, I've got the original um, original Taito Japanese Space Invaders there, the big the the big blue, which I which I actually got with Yi on the first. We we did a we did a um, an arcade raid. We went down to this was very this was actually oh a good fifteen years ago when I pretty much very up soon after I'd actually met Yi a bit within the sort of first year we. We, we hired a truck and went down, and that was the um, operator's name, Yopi from Taupo. Taupo, we, yes. Went down there and came back with a haul of, a haul of a haul of machines, and that's where you got a lot of his original Williams machines. I think we got two or three of the original Taito Space Invaders, and that's then he. You know, I'm not entirely sure how, why, but he he'd imported games 
into New Zealand a few years after they'd obviously obviously fallen out of fashion in those countries, which meant you know that that's a Japanese um, space. But it's still got the still got the hundred yen on the coin slot and the right. Japanese writing on the control <laughs> panel. So I'm not sure they must have used it that much after it got here. They probably probably their time had passed. It's a shame I can't talk to Yopi. He's not around anymore. But again, Phil was talking about him quite a bit yesterday. Yeah. Um, his son, I think, took over his yes. his operation, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he ran. He he had quite a wide coverage of arcades across the you know the Rotorua, Taupo, Tauranga, all over that middle of the North Island area. Um, any other curiosities with your arcade machines? There's a Robotron there as well. No, no, no. I, I had a Robotron. Oh, no, there's a, there's a, there's a machine there called Melzac, which is a um which is a a, new, a completely New Zealand designed and built arcade game. Well, the Robotron's left. I just remember the Robotron being around the no, corner. No, yeah, the no, Robotron's gone. Okay, gone. all right, yeah. all right. Things do move around. They do move around. Yeah, right. Yes. Not sure why, but I did. Uh, yeah, Mel- and Melzac was made by a company here called Kitronics in New Zealand. Um, it's effectively a scramble clone, um, but even the board inside and the game on it is completely New Zealand designed, and it was from that era of trying to beat the... Imp- you know, there were import restrictions that meant you couldn't bring stuff into the country at the time, and the company that made them made them completely here here, here, in, New Ze- here in New Zealand. And when I... You know, when I, 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 when I was young, we... Every so every year year we go off on a family holiday somewhere. One of the things I really enjoyed about family holidays we go and stay in motels and things like that. You know, go to Napier and stay in a motel, or go to Taupo and finding the games room at the at the at the motel. There would always be you know an arcade machine and potentially some pinballs too, and spent a lot of time playing those machines. And I think a lot of the pinball machines went out of the site locations into these what we call a B site location and. I played a lot of those, but one of the places I went to Acacia Bay in Taupo one year, and they had a Melzac machine there, and got quite good at it, um, and really, really loved it. And then a few years later, I was going online and going, you know, want to find a Melzac machine or want to find a board or what like that, and there was just nothing online about it at all. It was like it didn't exist on the internet, and I found that was because it wasn't a machine that the rest of the world ever had. It was a, it was a, it was a New Zealand only thing. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. The company made sort of three or four games that locally um they were kind of a clone of things but they right the the pro you know, it wasn't just a case of bringing in a board from overseas and putting in a new zealand made cabinet they actually did made the boards here do you know it was an it was an auckland based yes, company an auckland based company yeah kitronics so, which was kit set electronics the guy actually founded it ralph stevenson started off doing you know guitar amps and organs and for the electronics industry and it was just obviously his natural thing he got he he got into was the was making the arcade games. They didn't last for very long, and they made sort of three. There's another game called Panics, which is a space panic kind of clone. But yeah. So, what sort of numbers do you think they were making of those? Any idea? I, I'm not actually sure. I, I I got told they made around a hundred of the Melzac was was the rough number. Um, they they're not the most reliable machine. Um, they they yeah they're the 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 boards are very, you know, hand, they were they were hand etched or hand you know done with. You know, photos, photo screened, and not not big production runs, all hand soldered and everything. And like do that you too. have to do any work on your one to my, keep it running? Uh, my one actually, there, I don't even have a working board board set for it. It's actually running an emulated ver- a custom emulated version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's often the challenge with these old arcade machines is the boards sort of yeah. crap it, out. It doesn't even out. use standard video output that RGB. It uses inverted RGB, very like, much like the Nintendo ones of the t- of the time did. So, yeah. 
they, they actually were making games quite early because they made there's a couple of black and white um car racing games they did you know the ones with the steering wheel and the you know the track with the oil slicks and stuff but they again they they're not a game that had a you know didn't have a processor in it they were they were sort of ttl logic wow. race, racing games too so yeah, that's intriguing. I, I didn't really know that much. I'm not that familiar with arcade machines as much as I am with pinball. Um, where do we go with this? So, what do you think about pinball in the current market? Oh, I'd, I would have said that it had had a brighter future before COVID. To be honest, I think COVID probably has put a put a bit of a damper on. I, you know, I think. We we haven't quite got the the barcade or you know pin, pinball or arcade machines and bars and things that just seemed to be happening just prior a year or so ago. I would have thought we would have had a, a you know there was Ferris here in Auckland which was good, but that obviously you know I I went in I think on the day that we ended lockdown last year with John and and Rick Carter and helped take all the machines out of there after that shut down. So and I don't know that anyone's going to be that keen to invest in. In one of those sort of operations now until for a few years which is a bit of a shame because i think there needs to be a a venue where you can go and play games and seems have to have driven it into the home market more doesn't it it does yeah absolutely and and people have been buying i mean the demand seems to be there for new sales mm. um but for maybe for home market evidently demand for everything in the home has has gone up as a result of covid all the all the you know the retro video gaming stuff has gone up hugely in price and even people who are you know, collecting transformers and things suddenly want want these things in their houses and, uh, and vinyl got, records. Yeah, the records have gone up. But I guess it's they're not people are not travelling, so they've got more disposable income. Or doing up your houses, yeah. My suburb around here is full of builders and skips and <laughs> things. Well, that's good. I think um, we've covered off a lot of things in a short space of time. What about um, George and Beth? Your your children are quite into the into the hobby. Uh, yeah, they've been coming to pinball meets and stuff since they were very 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 small. Um, so yeah, they 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 turn up and play in the competitions. George, my my son's probably because he's, he's still living at home. He's he goes to all the competitions he can and really enjoys the pinball. He also comes out to the market and you know likes finding things and and, and also fancies himself as a bit of sales so he runs the stall at the market and things and you know set him up there with a crates of records and he'll sell them that's sell awesome them. Yeah. that's awesome hey mark it's been a pleasure thank you so much for talking no um we'll, we'll um probably cap it off there and and um yeah it's been great thank, thank you, you Simon. thank you cheers